Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way Is Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome. So we're on to episode two. We uh, got all the... Well, I hope we got all of the uh, the bugs and everything out of our system for episode one. The great talk about Albany. I hope you enjoyed it. And now we're going to move on to a subject and a location that's very dear to us, Perth. Our home city. Our home city. Uh, obviously explored it quite well for, for both blogs. Yes, I, th- I think that your coverage is probably the most comprehensive of any blog on Western Australia That's in terms of, not, of Perth. Yeah. Not, not really saying I said there's <laughs> only really a few, but I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> no, so uh, talking about our five best day hikes in Perth. So we both compiled a list. Yes. Uh, do we want to just read our list out and then we'll go from there? Yeah. Do you want to go first, Mark? Okay. So I've kind of cheated on this list a little bit, but I'll explain why later. So number five, I've got Kitty's Gorge in Serpentine National Park. And number four, I've got the Nyak Yura Biddy, which is on Rottnest Island. Number three, I've got the Katamorda Heritage Trail. Number two, I've got the Numbat Trail in the Peruna Sanctuary. And number one, which is where I've cheated, I'm just going to say Sullivan Rock. So okay. that's the, the entry point to the Billman track off Albany Highway. So you can either turn left and go to the Mondanox campsite or you can turn right and go to Mount Cook. Right. And my top five are Whistlepipe Gully as number five, the Eagle View Walk Trail in John Forest National Park, Mount Cook but accessed from the secret Cook Plantation Trail, Kitty's Gorge, and my number one is the Numbat Trail in Peruna. Excellent. I think a good good starting point would be, let's talk about the common trails we have on both lists here. Yes, so... So, Kitty's Gorge first? Yeah. When did you do this hike? Um, so, I think the first time I did this was either 2010 or 2012. And I thought, this is really fantastic. It was around the time when, back in those days, there was really no inf- information online. And instead of Trails WA, you just had toptrails.com.au. And this was one of the top trails. And I thought, oh, well, that looks like something that's interesting. It's a decent length. Yep. Go see it. And I thought this is, you know, really fantastic. The way that it kind of follows the river and the, the rocky kind of cascades. It's sort of, if you've never done a walk in the Perth Hills, I think it's particularly surprising. Because it's quite a rugged walk. Yeah, it's it's not something I expected when I went out there. So I did this in 2014. I think this was about the third or the fourth hike I did for the website. Right. And yeah, agree. It, driving along Southwest Highway, you would not expect this kind of terrain just kind of popped in mm. into the landscape. So yeah, it was quite a surprising hike for me. And one that I've definitely used a few times for the group hikes just because it is, does have that wow factor that if people haven't been out there, they just blown away so and that's actually where we met it was. i went on your group hike it was so i got to meet meet, uh, meet the guru <laughs> <laughs> although you didn't get that nickname until later on yes. that year we'll probably explain that one day on the bibbleman one <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to didier for that one yeah so yeah so you, did you start from the serpentine falls end or did you start from the cemetery end no i've always been a cheapskate and started at the cemetery end. same here <laughs> Oh, well, mine wasn't necessarily cheapskate, or that was a factor. It was because the gates don't open till eight eight thirty. Yeah, that's and right. And I'm usually yeah. an early hiker, so I just yeah was trying to figure out a way to get in there without having to wait. So yeah, end up parking at the cemetery, which is quite a fun thing to write. 
park at the cemetery, ignore all the uh, the clown heads and the, the baby dolls scattered everywhere. <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be safe. Yeah. And uh, I think it's one of those walks that I've done, yeah, I've probably done it in excess of five times, I'd say, in the yeah. last few years. And actually, that was where I proposed to Alyssa, was on the walk. It was meant to be at Serpentine Falls, yeah. but they were flushing the channel that day. <laughs> and the falls were spectacular, yeah. but you could not talk. No. It was just like... <laughs> so there's a waterfall along the trail. You might know it. It's like there's this bit where it kind of goes over the edge. Of yeah, like a big table and then just, yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. And that was where That's I a proposed. special spot. Yeah. I'll think of you the next time uh, I'm there. <laughs> So yeah, it has a, the walk has a I guess sentimental value for me as well. For that didn't, you didn't get ranked higher. Oh no, I, I put it as number two. Oh, number two. Yeah, because you got it as five. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll be proposing to anyone there. <laughs> I won't steal your spot. <laughs> but in terms of, uh, it's a good length, uh, about fourteen, fifteen k's. Yeah. Um, good variety. So you've got starting from the cemetery, and you've got sort of lush Jarra forest which hasn't been burnt out, which is a nice feature of this. Then you've got the old Gurulong Brook campsite, yeah. which has now been cleared. Mm. There's still the, the shower and the toilet block there. Which I would not enter. No, um, it does have the, uh, the horror film vibe to it. <laughs> yes. And then moving on from there, there's the pine plantation, which seems to be a fascination with people in Perth that I don't understand... There's a lot of like photo shoots there for bands and stuff. Yeah, like it, it looks spooky and it looks different, but it's not something I would go, yeah, that's nature, in WA at least. Mm. I mean, it's a nice place to walk by, but I wouldn't want it filled throughout the walk. And no. luckily, you hit Gurulong Brook and then you get into some classic Aussie bush. Yeah, definitely. And the sort of, I think the granite ruggedness of theirs really makes, is what makes the walk in a lot of ways. Mm. Agreed. Do you know the story behind the naming of the trail? It was a cow that got lost, right? It was. cow that got lost and they found it. Well, I'm not sure if this is true, but they found it in Kitty's Gorge, which I think is accessible. You can walk up and down. And I know I've certainly tried when the water wasn't flowing as fast, but there's a nice granite section that you can scramble down the trail and okay. get on and explore. Um, I think it's in that open section before the trail takes a left towards the Serpentine River. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So mm. I'm amazed at how a cow got in there, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly a uh, a different naming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a question that you may be able to answer is, you know the abandoned house? There's yes. like that a big, that sort of has the fence around it. And Spencer's it, hut, I want to say. Yeah, I think that that's right. Yeah. The stuff around it, what plant is that? Do you know? I call it a cotton plant. <laughs> That's what I do as well, because it looks like a cotton it's plant. It's very photogenic, and I, I love that area. You know, and the butterflies love that area. They do. Um, but yeah, if you get it at the right time of year, it looks cottonish. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've never found out, because it also, it's obviously made its way downstream a little bit, and you get patches of it every now and then. But yeah, I've never investigated mm. what that's called. Might be a crop that used to grow there, because it is in fields basically yeah it's not just patches every now and then which makes you think cotton but then is it i don't know yeah I've never seen a cotton plant to really know no they, yeah could have been a hidden slave slave labor <laughs> going in there we won't talk about that yep um and then obviously the big one of this trail that that 
is quite popular is Serpentine Falls for good reason. It is yeah. quite a very you know lovely place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever been there in summer and had a bit of a swim, or have you ever taken a dip there? No, I haven't. I mean, I've just sort of like taken off my shoes and put my my feet in, but mm. not a swim swim. I guess in summer it's sort of too crowded to to when you get there it's just mm. like oh so many people yeah that i've never really done it have you have you no i've never visited in summer um every time i've been there there's been maybe one or two people there because right. by that time i'm normally just as the park's opening i'm there yeah because it is only what just over an hour from the cemetery so yeah and downhill as well <laughs> most yeah. of the way but yeah certainly i would love to just yeah, one day just get a tube and just float there. But as you say, it's crowded and, I mean, it is a popular spot for... Yeah. I won't say yahoos, but yeah, it does attract a certain crowd. Yes. And I think one of the things is I'm always so... Would love to, and I, I, I definitely do not condone it because I think it's extremely dangerous, but that the waterfall just looks like a great slide. It does. I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. But then I know so many people have died there. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wouldn't do it, but... No. It, it's very tempting. It would be cool. Because I'm not sure how how deep is it there. But imagine it'd be quite deep. It would have to be because the water, you know, yeah. that carves, carves out. Yeah. It'd be nice to get, especially as you're looking at the falls, to have like, I don't know, a diving board or a platform up to the left on top of the hills. <laughs> yeah. It was deep enough. Yeah. It'd be what, like 10, 10 15, 20 meter drop? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we won't discuss that. But no. Yeah. Depot, if you want to build that, I, I won't say no. Uh, shall we move on to... What's next? We have... Numbat was Numbat the other one. Numbat Trail. Yeah. So this is another one that I had no idea about. Mm. I'd seen maybe two pictures before I took my first visit out there mm. and was just blown away. Like, the, I knew it was going to be a good hike based on what the sanctuary had sent me beforehand that it was very detailed they've changed um the format now i think but definitely a lot of points that they thought you should see and i agree there's yeah it's you know an amazing walk and you do get to see a bit of variety uh my only thing i would say about that trail is don't visit in may when it opens unless we've had a lot of rain yeah and i mean a lot of rain because it does get quite dry um, unlike some other parts of the, the Australian bush where it stays green, mm. Numbat does dry out and get quite yellow. Definitely. It's one of those walks, because especially Peruna Gorge, which I think is the centrepiece of that, mm. is so spectacular when it's had a bit of rain to get the water flowing Yes, that it would be a shame to, to miss out on that, because I think that, that really... It's one of the most spectacular things in the Perth Hills. I think that you kind of said... Did you say something along the lines that it's a bit of a Kimberley-esque in your I, I blog? I use that quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've used that for Kitty's Gorge, the Numbat Trail. Yeah. yeah. It is just like when you look through there, through that, the two, there's like one sort of greyish rock on one side and orangey kind of rock on the other side. And it's got the lookout on the top. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just fantastic. And you don't expect it, I think, that you see these rolling hills in the background. Yeah. And it has this sort of very sort of classical... Uh, Australiana kind of feel about it. It does, and yeah. But one of the bad things about visiting when it's open is generally the sun is not in the right. Yeah. So unless you go in the afternoon. Yep. You're generally pointing that view into the sun, so your photos kind of yeah 
yeah a bit bright but i mean simple is you just go and visit yourself and take some uh some mental pictures exactly and i think that the trail really is there's no trail in definitely in the perth region with that level of infrastructure and and just the quality of the the detail that's put into it yeah that was yeah one of my comments is it was just it's a detailed track mm. and it's just it's well thought out in that it's not overdone with the stairs although there are quite a few it's just sections and you've got at key points oh, we'll put a picnic table here because people might want to rest and then put their stuff down or whatever and the layout is that at different times of the day it suits it so i love mm. that if you take the correct course is if you get there early in the morning you see the dead marshes bit kind of with mist on it in the morning yeah. um, if you've got the right conditions and then the wander up to the wandu forest which is probably one of my favorite types Def- of forest yeah you catch the sunrise coming from the east and the trees glow you know everything's bathed in a golden light and then yeah as you kind of work your way around you would then kind of you wouldn't finish at sunset but the way the sun goes is yeah it would just light up the trail a lot better as you get more into the hike so Mm. i mean it's yeah a lot of detail and thought have has gone into it i would love to meet the person who designed that trail and thank them (laughs) i'd love to get that person to go and make more trails yes (laughs) yeah hopefully they're working for depot at the moment (laughs) I, I just love that bit where the Pruna Gorge is and when, when we were there last there was just the you know, the mist in the valley and you just see that floating in there and it slowly dissipates as the walk continues. Yeah. And it's just, just unreal, I think, you know, and I think it we were talking about, you know, trails that didn't make the list and mm. I think one of the things that when you see this trail and you know, there's the Echidna Trail in Walianga. Mm. When I did the Echidna Trail I thought it was pretty good. But then I saw this and went, oh, I see. This is what you can really do with... <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes the most of what it has. I mean, it's not a big park, but mm. just looping around and you know, going up and down the hills, you get to see a lot more than here's some straight trail and, oh, there's a lookout here or there's a hill here. It's They know what's in their park and they use that the best that they can. For sure. I think, yeah, it's definitely a lot better than some of the national park hikes yes um, probably because and they would have the same consideration because it is a, a nature sanctuary of how do we protect the land yeah so it's it's not a question of they just built what they wanted they put a lot more research into it and it yes. really shows yeah so. it, it looks to me because there's that you know that plaque up the top Yes. they talked about when it was open and yeah. of all people who, who was there for the opening was um iron bar tucky was you know wilson tucky was yeah. one of the people and it was um the guy who's who was the chief scientist uh, i think oh. um tim flannery you know they they were there for the opening and it looks like it was something else maybe before it was peruna i think yeah because they do have the the john forest can the big one yeah there's a side trail up there so that was part of a larger trail network wasn't it through avon valley national park too i have a feeling based on the fact that i've seen trail markers that go through walianga mm. and i've i have heard that there was an old john forest can trail that you could follow back in the day mm. but that's i think a long dead trail that like a lot in wa <laughs> yes yeah i don't know whether it was built before it was Peruna, mm. but whoever did it, you know, kudos. Yes, 
and yeah the last like because it, it loops back on itself mm. towards the end um that section i quite and that's quite hilly there but it's rewarding and you've got especially when the water's flowing you've got a little waterfall that you can go up to yeah and then you go up to the heights and you can see sort of west and across to well yunga and the avon river mm-hmm. and then but don't sit on the bench with the ants. <laughs> it's no longer there. Oh, that's right. You said, yeah. They, they've pulled it out, right? Yeah, I had a group hike in May. So someone's either read my blog or done it themselves and gone, yeah, let's, let's not put a bench on top of an anthill. Because <laughs> we sat there and just went, ah! <laughs> And they are, you know, proper bull ants as well. Yeah. No, my theory was someone had a camera up there and they, they got enough footage of people jumping around. <laughs> and it's, it's like right at the top of a big ascent as well. Yeah. So you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this nice bench here. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and then that, that last lookout as well. It's on the granite and it's just flat and you've got the boardwalks and it's just... It's just a nice way to finish the hike because mm. you can sit down, there's a few benches and just breathe it all in. And you did that because I've never done it in late winter, early spring. But I think you did it once and there was like pink flowers because they call it pink rock, I think. Yeah, so I've done that twice. The first time my camera broke, so I had to go out and do it again. But yeah, the second time with the working camera was spring. So it was yeah amazing out there. And the, the flowers, the color on that round that rock. I think yeah. Aaron had a photo. He has many photos that I've taken for him. <laughs> Amy's a personal photographer out hiking. But yeah, he's doing his little pose looking out and there's a few clouds in the background. And yeah, it's definitely a, a nice Instagram spot, even though a lot of people don't really visit that much. Although I'd be keen to see the numbers before and after 2014. Yeah, because I did it in 2012 and we were the only people in the whole park. I did it again in 2016 and there were about five or six other cars parked outside and that wasn't the case before. Yeah. So when we, because I did it as a group hike this year in May when it opened and I met people out there that, oh, you're the life of Pi guy. Thanks for, for showing me this trail. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I've always wondered, but I guess, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. So let's move on to... You've got Mount Cook, and I've sort of got Mount Cook, but we'll talk about that area. Yeah. So, yeah, Sullivan Rock. It's one of those places I've said, maybe bury or scatter my ashes there. Oh, really? There's just something about it, and Mm. I think everyone in Perth that enjoys hiking should enjoy a Sullivan Rock sunrise. I think it is one of the most magical things you can experience. And if you get the right weather and the sun just peaks over... It's to the left of Mount Cook, but everything's illuminated. You've got the walk up the granite. Please don't step on the moss. We, uh, it's not <laughs> stressed enough, I don't think, but that mossy kind of covering is very fragile. It takes a long time to recover. So please stick to the, the smoother bits, even though they might be a little more slippery. Mm. And there are cans up and down the, the rock. So one piece of advice. Um, but yeah, you sit up the top and it's just awe-inspiring. Mm. like any visit there it doesn't matter if it's raining whether it's sunny or hot i just i love it there and it's amazing because it's so close to albany highway and you just sort of step would it be 50 meters into the bush yeah there's that little 50 meter spur trail and then you just hit with it yeah and yeah having driven down there countless times as a kid going off to the various camping spots i would never have known it's there Mm. and it's not signposted the car park is 
difficult if you haven't been before to locate? I if I've been there, you know, maybe five times. I always overshoot and have to go around <laughs> every uh, time. Yeah, and then obviously we'll talk about the the hike to Mount Cook, which as soon as you exit Sullivan Rock and you see the Billman signs, turn right, go down the four by four track, six or seven k's to Mount Cook if you're going that way, and just. I wouldn't say the most enjoyable foresty area. There is a nice savanna bit, which is kind of open plain grassed area. Yeah. I've, I have mixed feelings about that because I've been there when it's been a bit crappy and dry and it's been very boring. But then I've been there when it's been wet and you get a lot of sundews. Oh, sundews. You get all the sundews everywhere yes. and you get the, yeah, the carry hazel flowering. Yeah. And it's really lovely. But it's one of those things that I've sort of gone, oh. I want to go to Mount Cook, but I don't want to walk through that. And yeah, good good segue into talking about the uh, the secret entrance, which you posted about recently. So I've, there's multiple ways to get to Mount Cook. And one, one of the ways would be Sullivan Rock, because really Sullivan Rock is a fantastic... If you're going to do it the first time, I think you should definitely do Sullivan Rock and then go up to the summit. But the thing is with the summit of Mount Cook, if you're coming from the north, it's basically just a kind of steep ascent and then you're at the summit and the summit's a bit of an anticlimax because oh, it's, it's terribly disappointing. <laughs> it's just rocks and trees everywhere and, and you can't star see. Picker. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But then if you keep going across the ridge, it's really fantastic. It's, you know, this nice rocky ridge of just granite boulders and lookouts and there's um, a cave. Well, I guess a cave is a bit of an oversell. It's, yeah, it's a bit small. It's, yeah. But it's cool, you know? It's amazing. And there's a, yeah, a little book that you can sign. Yep. Um, yeah, if you're not sure where it is, go to either of our websites. It's directions on there. It's mm-hmm. quite easy to find if you know where it is, but it's quite easy to also just walk past and not know it's there. Yeah, I think I, I walked past it many, many times until you pointed me in the right direction. And I spent maybe three or four trips up there looking for it all in terrible weather so i was always looking in the wrong spot because i yeah. did not check directly before going out where it was it's cool it, you don't get caves that aren't no, yeah. kind of tourist caves in uh in wa that you can just go and look at so exactly yeah. because the cave the cave is sort of almost at the end of the ridge as well mm. i thought oh there must be another way so if you keep continuing the Bibbulmun track, it goes underneath the power lines of Powerline Road, and you can walk up Powerline Road and then walk back up to the summit through there. And then that's probably a nicer way of seeing the whole ridge, except for the fact that Powerline Road is a very boring road, and the Jarrah Forest that's between there and the start of Mount Cook is not as nice, really, as the forest from between Sullivan Rock and Mount Cook. Because we were there earlier in the year we saw this other track that kind of went down from the end of mount of mount cook going north and bibbleman kind of takes this sharp left turn on the rock but if you look to the right there's another trail that goes down and we thought oh i wonder what that could be and we followed that down and it actually leads to what is quite a well-maintained surprisingly for a trail that's not marked at all and it follows like this gully that, that runs along this, this sort of huge granite slab and then passes through a little bit of forest and then leads to a car park at the end behind the Cook Plantation. We were really surprised that this existed because it's not really talked about. And I think the trail, we, we calculated the trail as being 7.6 return from there to the summit and back. And it's a really fantastic self-contained walk in that you can really just do... Mount Cook 
and that's it from that which if you're you know if you're wanting to do more of a Biberman track walk it's probably not really long enough to mm. really do that but if if all you want to do is Mount Cook then it's a really great way of doing it I was certainly you know curious I was like oh Mount Cook hike what's what's going on here and then yeah had a bit of a read and you found another way up which again because if you want to do it from Sullivan Rock and explore the ridge it's 22 23 k's yeah which i mean some of that is flat walking but it is i mean it is the highest peak in perth at 572 meters which is not high but yeah if if you then tack on 15 or so k's of hiking on the billman it's yeah it's not something you can easily just walk out and do if you've not got a lot of experience so yeah yeah definitely seven k's is a lot more manageable even though a lot of that will be climbing yeah or descending um you know, we've done Mount Cook now probably about four times, and the first time you could probably, I could convince Alyssa to do it, you know, the 20-something yeah. Ks. But then if you're like, I want to do Mount Cook again, yeah. it's like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. 7.6 Ks, yeah, you know, you can kind of sell that a bit better. Yeah, no, I've had a couple of group hikes up there doing the full 20-odd Ks, and people are like, can I do this? Can I do this? And I was like, well, it's, it's going to be hard, but you can probably do it quite yeah. easily you just got to be prepared that there's going to be a lot of walking and yeah again going back to sullivan rock that last three k's it's a it's not a struggle but it's it's mentally unstimulating if that's yeah. if that's a word but yeah it's i mean you've got the old car wreck but <laughs> yeah apart from that that, that scrappy jarrah forest which i think hasn't really recovered since the 2003 fires no because i, I would have thought it's been long enough. There should be some taller trees around there, but yeah, hasn't, I think hasn't there's quite been got there. there's been fires since then as well. Because I think the first time you would have done Mount Cook was what 2015, 2014, 14. Yeah. Uh, I did it for the first time in 2015, and it was it was great. But then there was a fire last year, I think, and it sort of hasn't looked. Yeah, because that was a. I know there was one up Mount Vincent that was meant to be a deep or prescribed burn that got out of control yeah and out of control control burn yeah it's not ideal but you know these things happen because yeah the mount cook campsite was completely wiped out in 03 because you can still see the the water tank yeah not far from the current camp great hike i thoroughly enjoy that area so Mm. much and you should talk about the other way left the other way um so the other way yeah so going to mondanox which Again, not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's the way I pronounce it. So you take in immediately Mount Vincent and then Mount Cuspert. And both peaks are kind of different because you Mount Vincent, you're looking more west um, and you get to see you know the forest then out to the highway and then the, the unfortunate scarring of the bauxite mining south of Albany Highway. But it's still quite a nice place to be. Mm. And you got that little kind of rock can at the top of uh, mount vincent that kind of looks then towards mount cusper and mount dale mm. and often there's a i think that that summit while it's more um enclosed by scrub yeah it can be really nice in springtime it, yeah very much so and also if you pick the right day in winter uh yeah you get to see the fog rolling in and around the peaks and mm. it is quite an experience descending up mount vincent especially when you've got a bit of wind and a bit of fog and a bit of rain yeah, you transport it to a different world, which is kind of hard in that kind of landscape, but it is is quite enjoyable. 
and then from yeah mount vincent down to the valley which is kind of a valley but it's not really there's no streams um, there's not a lot of water flowing ever but it's just lush lush forest and then straight back up to mount cuspert which is probably one of my more favorite places in the world yeah um, i agree yeah i mean it's kind of a double double summer you get to like an exposed area where there's a granite and you're looking east and then from there it's straight up to the summit which i think is that granite dome that everyone kind of looks at when they get to the first time and go, do i have to climb up that and then you scoot around the edge yeah um and that has amazing views towards mount cook but then the real treat is the the rock pools and kind of the flatter granite sections it's just breathtaking i just i always pause there no matter what the weather and yeah. just soak it all in even if i can't see anything <laughs> it's just a nice place to be and then yeah straight back down into she oak forest which i'm actually starting to love quite a bit i never used to like it but it has that kind of like moody spooky kind of feel to it because the, the leaves are very different to what you'd think from an australian tree in that mm. they're quite needly and then yeah, when they coat the forest floor, it's and they, it's one of the only forests in the Perth region, at least, that has some kind of canopy that will block out the sun. Yeah, I like that enclosed feeling of the Sheoak Forest, and that area is yeah quite well known for it. Mm. And there's an occasional snotty gobble every oh, yes. now and then. So <laughs> I always uh, remember, thanks to my friend Philip Chandler, who came with me the first time, and he and one of his teachers told him what it was, and you can play the leaves or you can eat the leaves or something but yeah never right. forget that <laughs> the snotty gobble and then yeah onto the campsite which is actually nestled quite high you don't realize how much of a climb it is even though it's not on the peak it's from the bottom of mount Cusper. you're still climbing a fair amount to get there and yeah there's limited views but it's still well positioned that it's enjoyable mm. and then if you're adventurous enough and you know where the trail is you can hike up to mount randall mm, that's something i haven't done yet which i it's definitely want to do my last time there i discovered the the platform that looks out over mount cusper and mount vincent that was amazing yeah. awesome. i think it was probably one of the views that not many people know about that should be on the billman i don't understand why the billman skips mount randall that's one of those sort of you know i think we talked about it in the albany show that you know some side trails like the overland track where they you know they don't have to do them but mm. if you want to do them you can that would be i think a, a an example of something yeah and especially because you're not going to be really you'll probably do maybe canning to mondanox in a day maybe stretch that out but it's not like you're going to be doing the three mountains in one day and even if you do it they're, they're not that tough like it's mm such a short diversion literally the trail goes from one of the tent sites up to mount randall mm. and it's a fairly well-defined trail for most of it it's just a bit overgrown at the top and there is the the old what i think is a communications tower there's an old metal structure that's kind of blown over used to be on guide ropes all oh, right <laughs> be interested to know what that was <laughs> Yeah, and that's Sullivan Rock to Montanox. Yeah, I I didn't include. It was very close to being included on in my list, but I kind of went. I'm not going to include a like a, a Bibbleman track section because I probably will talk about the Bibbleman track another time. But mm. it definitely would be if I wasn't creating that artificial constraint. It would be on the list because I think from Sullivan Rock, there's no long section between it and Mount, like the way that there is between Sullivan Rock and Mount Cook mm. is just straight onto the mountains and there's two of them as well. So 
I always have that toss up is is Sullivan Rock to Monet Knox campsite or Sullivan Rock to the cave on Mount Cook which mm. one's better because I, I don't know <laughs> it's a hard one yeah it is uh, depends what you're in the mood for like if you, all you want is a bit of hills and a bit of climbing then definitely go to Monet Knox mm. but I actually like the flatness out to Mount Cook if I'm doing a solo hike it's a good head clearer you got a lot of thinking and then you're straight into the the uphill yeah i, I would put them on equal equal level as you, as you have yeah <laughs> so we've got two trails each that we didn't include on each other's lists yep do you want to go first with eagle view because that's also one that i've done a few times so we'll be able to yeah. go back and forth on that so eagle view is number four on my list and i i put that a bit begrudgingly because i don't think it's a perfect trail but i think that the best moments of it are really excellent but there's also some caveats to to that one of the things i'd say with it is that at current it's been marked to be walked in a clockwise direction and i disagree with that because i don't think that it's actually enjoyable doing it in that direction and I've done it both ways at least two or three times. And really going counterclockwise is better if you're going to start from the uh, the day use area in John Forest. If you're starting the clockwise direction, you basically see all the best parts of the track first. So you see the waterfalls, you see the lookouts over the, the city. And if you're doing it in late winter, there's a lot of streams flowing through the area. And then you just get to ceaseless you know, dull Jarrah forest that was burnt, I think, in about 10, was it 20 years ago? It was in the early 2000s, it was really badly burnt. Mm. And then it was burnt again not too long ago. And it just looks like that, you know, it looks like yeah. a scrappy Jarrah forest, probably a bit of dieback in there as well. Yeah. Um, it goes along old sort of vehicle tracks that are used as a bridal trail as well. And you kind of go past Hovia Falls, which is okay but mm. it's not really close enough it's sort of you see it from the distance and you finish the track mm. but if you do it in the counterclockwise direction you first of all you see Hovia Falls and I think that actually coming around the corner and seeing Hovia Falls in the counterclockwise direction it looks better than seeing it as you approach it from the clockwise direction and Hovia Falls is I'd say um, probably the lesser of the two waterfalls quite yeah quite easily I agree with that and then you know you get you get the, the boring Jarrah forest out of the way and then you start heading more to the, the parts that are, are exciting. So you pass through the Wandu forest. Wandu, yes. Um, and you get to a nice lookout point that's sort of framed by the, the Wandu that you can see the city through it. And then, you know, as you're heading along the trail, there's this, there's this area with all these little streams that run through and it's really, really pretty, especially in late August early September. Yeah. They've got little cascades through there that that I think that they lead on to the Rocky Pool area, which is around the side there. There's no real trails there, but there are sort of like ad hoc kind of walks around there. Yeah. And that's also another nice area, but no real walk trails. Then as it continues around, you get this, this area that has all these large granite boulders that overlooks the city. Yeah. You often see people having picnics there. And it's a great spot, I think, that part because it's not too far from the day use area you sometimes see families out there taking their kids just to that point and yeah then it sort of heads through this kind of reedy area that follows along the um 
that Jane Brook, Jane Brook yeah. um, as it leads to National Park Falls, which are one of the, I think, one of the better waterfalls in, in Perth. Yeah. Probably, would you say, behind Serpentine and Les Murdy? And sixty foot falls when it is when it's when it is, when it is flowing which in is in the rarely, rare times yeah. yeah probably it would it would be top three or four waterfall in, in yeah. Perth and and it's got a bit of a lookout there so you can see that and then you walk up to the top of the falls and along Jane Brook again and then you're back at the picnic area and it's a nice circuit walk that the way I always always think of it is that it's like an album that has some really, you know, five excellent songs. Mm. And then the other five are kind of okay. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. The, I was there ooh, a month or two back after I got back from Europe and took a friend out who'd never been. And it was just kind of, yeah, it's great for seven or eight Ks because we went the anti-clockwise, or sorry, the clockwise direction. And then it's just like, put some headphones in and just enjoy the the exercise part of hiking. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a few interesting bits, but it's, it's not enough to hold your attention and say, wow, that was a great all-round trail, unless you really like dry Jarra Forest, <laughs> 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 which I've, I've not met that many people who do. <laughs> Although I think I read somewhere someone said that they preferred the dry Jarra Forest to the Carry Forest when they did the Bibblemen. I, I, I don't know what... What's wrong with them? Yeah, but <laughs> how many mushrooms they'd had on the trail. <laughs> maybe that's it in belling up there. Yeah, they well, like maybe, maybe it just rained incessantly for them in the Gary Forest. Yeah, but even then, you you can't not love the Gary Forest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that's that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, definitely agree. It is because it's one of the newer trails in Perth, isn't it? Not that we've had a lot. It was late nineties, I think, when it yeah. was built. Yeah, and I mean, as much as people seem to enjoy the views over the the perth coastal plain it just doesn't do it for me because you're looking at the airport the industrial areas yeah. and the city as a tiny speck which you get everywhere you get that at les Murdy falls ellis brook a lot of the other shire of calamunda walks as well mm. and i mean for me working in the city it just reminds me of where i wouldn't <laughs> want to be <laughs> but yeah i mean there are better views that i would say like Mount Cook, any view there where it's just forest and yeah. rolling hills. Same if you go a bit further south on Albany Highway to Boonering Hill, you're just looking at nature rather than how sprawled out Perth is, which is yeah, not yeah. a nice reminder to me. And what was your what was your other trail? Um, the I... other one was Whistlepipe Gully. Yes, which I think you did quite recently, didn't you? Yes, it's been posted tomorrow, which oh. is. Nice. A couple of weeks ago now when there's <laughs> airs, but it's I think what I like about it is okay, the reason why it's not higher up the list is that it's only like what, three point five Ks or something. Mm. And for me I think the thing is that I, I if I'm gonna go out and do a walk, I want it to be at least ten Ks. Or, you know, if it's something like a mountain where it's a bit challenging, I don't mind if it's a bit shorter because it, it's kind of I guess balanced out by the fact that it's it's a harder walk. Yeah. But, you know, 3.5Ks, you kind of finish and go, oh, is that all? However, all 3.5Ks of Whistlepipe Gully are fantastic. They are, yeah. It's better than Eagle View in that sense. In that Eagle View, you know, you'd probably say 50% of it is great. 50% hmm. of it is great is really great, yeah. but then the 50% is not. Whereas Whistlepipe, you get from the car park and you just walk along there 
Bristol Pipe Gully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it it's a lot like Kitty's Gorge, except it's smaller and more intimate, I guess, than than Kitty's Gorge. And and also, if you look beyond, you can sometimes maybe see a bit of a house beyond the forest. Yeah. And there is actually even a ha- the ruins of a house along the walk, which yes. is kind of cool. No, I had to do a bit of research there. While I was writing, I was like, is it just an old gauging station? I was like, no. I went back to your post and there you had it. And then WA Now and Then or something had a, yeah. a post on it about the guy who built it. It was like a really famous architect who yeah. was into like sort of building houses that were making use of nature and had a really kind of guess naturalistic approach to mm. architecture i'm kind of disappointed that the shara kalamata decided to bulldoze yeah uh, i would have liked to have seen that water wheel that was there yeah in use um now it just it's graffitied and it just looks like a retaining wall that doesn't belong in nature so it's kind of a half-assed effort that they went to there yeah i agree but yeah certainly yeah i agree with the sentiments that you had it's just eagle view seven and a half k's is great Yep. And this is the the trimmed down version of Eagle View where everything is amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, you follow the... It's a loop trail, but you're essentially no more than 10 or 20 metres away from the other side of the trail. Yeah. And dog-friendly, of course, which a lot of people seem to enjoy. Um, yes. So we don't have a lot of quality trails mm. in Perth for dogs for good reason. One of the areas I found quite enjoyable about Whistlepipe Gully that's kind of it's not wrong but it's up towards the houses and it kind of you get the non-native species oh, yeah. invading a little bit yeah, it's a little I bit like greener <laughs> <laughs> like there's some vines growing over trees and you're like wow and then there was a fern in one point i was like this could be tasmania if i shut my eyes hard enough <laughs> yeah. and i like that waterfall is just before the house it's like a big sort of sliding waterfall yep. and no, I had a, a play down there with my camera. It's, yep. it's a very photogenic trail. Very. Like you can take scenes from different angles and you can yeah make it look completely different. Agree. Whistlepipe Gully, quite enjoy. I was looking forward to doing it and I'm happy that I left it until there was a bit of rain and some wildflowers. So Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, a, as you said, with, with the Numbat Trail, you know, it's one of those you really need to do when there's rain, which I think is, yeah. is true for most walks in Perth, really. Yeah. We do have a, a finite window in which to enjoy all the trails but there's so many that you have to kind of pick and choose yeah yeah and especially for that trail shout out to brie from nature mondays oh yeah for, definitely uh, for highlighting that trail i probably would have left that well off the list until much later to do so me too me too thanks brie mark you should talk about one of your trails that you didn't uh that I yeah. don't have on my list so number four which uh is the nyak yurabidi which is located on rotnest island which i know you're saving saving those for later on in the summer i'm saving them for next year because i don't want to max out on exciting walks because <laughs> <laughs> i've you know re- reading your posts i'm certainly excited to head over to Rotto and do some of these walks it is uh yeah so the reason i had this number four and it is the only rotnest hike that i have on the list they're building a trail network now i think there's one walk left on the wajamut biddy um, but this one took the cake for me because it was just it's a different side to Rotto, but then it's also like the greatest hits of Rotness. So start out in the main settlement and you head off into the lakes, which before I went, I had no idea. I had not spent a lot of time on Rotness, so I didn't know there was a lake system in the interior. Um, so it was cool to see that and they are actually quite photogenic. Um, there's one especially has a high salt content, so you get kind of a glossy 
glossy look to it and then there's foam every, everywhere is <laughs> it's weird like and because you do descend and ascend quite a bit although they're not great heights yeah you occasionally get it blown onto a bit that you wouldn't have thought <laughs> was there and wild quokkas as well there's not as many wild quokkas as i thought there would be and obviously you can't approach them as much as you can the ones in town but they're still still cool to see because i do have a curse on me when it comes to wildlife i'll see kangaroos and that's it <laughs> people will go out for the first time on a hike and be like well i found an echidna and i'm just like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> i've not seen an echidna in three years of hiking so right. one day one day um, but yeah, going back to the Nyakira, throughout the, the lake system, always nice to photograph. The bird life there is amazing. I think it is listed as a, a wildlife sanctuary and of great importance. And then there's lots of views everywhere. So there's lighthouses. There's a Wajimup lighthouse in the middle, which you can get a view of from most places. And as you loop around the lakes, um, there's boardwalks, there's the kind of the windswept, I'm not sure what you call them, tea trees in throughout the area, which kind of, you know, you're not always just walking near water or the coast or whatever. And as you walk away from the lakes, then you hit like, you know, the big money shot. So you get Lorikeet Bay, which is a popular wedding destination. And then you walk around, you see Geordie Bay, which is Rottnest personified. It's, you know, the yellow and the white houses on the bay. You've got the beautiful shimmering water with the, uh, the interesting reef features. And then you actually get to walk down onto the beach and around Geordie Bay, which is quite special. Um, and then, yeah, back over to Longreach Bay, which is kind of pleasant in itself, but it doesn't have that wow factor. Still nice to walk on. And then, yeah, to the basin, which excellent snorkeling spot. I could recommend that. And then on to Pinkies Beach, which is a very, very popular beach. And the Bathurst, I think it's the Bathurst Lighthouse. But yeah, there's another lighthouse which is closer to the settlement and then you loop back around and you have a pie at the bakery and you're all done. <laughs> Take a selfie with a quokka. It's just a nice walk. It's not strenuous. Take your snorkeling gear. Have some fun. You know, take a beach shelter and a towel. And It's just a nice walk that you can do in summer, mm. which you kind of, we don't get a lot of that in Perth. It's Summer yeah. is snakes and heat and dehydration and <laughs> yeah. Rottnest yeah. is the saviour. I think it just has a bit of a stigma around it because it is expensive mm. um, relative to other places you could go. But do what I did and go on Tuesdays and it's $39 for a ferry ticket. <laughs> <laughs> nice. While you were on this trail, did you by any chance see the famous utterly offensive wind turbines that so incensed our former Prime Minister Abbott? I did and uh, I'd have to say... I loved it. It was a feature. <laughs> it provides, I think the bus driver said, it provides a good proportion of their power. Yeah, the second time I was at Rottnest, it wasn't working. <laughs> it was quite a windy day and we were looking over at the wind turbine. I'm like, why is that not moving? But yeah, it's when it works, it's fantastic. And yep. you understand why, because Rottnest, it has to be self-sufficient on some level because it is hard to transport water like a basic amenity like water they have the desal plants there for you know obvious reasons it's uh, i would prefer rottenness to go down that route a bit more mm. even if it does annoy people if they put in a big solar plant or whatever which they have the space for at the airport yeah and, sh and surely it's less of a blight on the landscape than a bauxite mine <laughs> exactly um yeah 
we'll get into that on another <laughs> podcast but yeah visit visit rotness is great and yeah the trail network's still to be finished but there mm. are four great walks that you can do and they all have their own character to them you've so. done all four of them haven't you yes oh no no i've done three uh the fourth one was planned but we ran out of time so right. i mean we only had 16 k's of walking to do in the whole day so that goes to show you how much there is to see and photograph and stop so mm. take your time camp if you need to it's yeah an amazing place awesome and number three on my list which is an, another one that you're saving up the Catamorta heritage trail yes i am more more for um the fact that i think convincing a listener to do a trail of this length will be a challenge <laughs> she she did 32 k's the other day yeah, it's she no did. different but i think we've been we've been working up because i i think i used to do a lot of long long walks but it's been a long time since i did say you know all 60 k's of the uh, railway reserves trail so you know we've been building up to 30k walks so i think maybe next year will be mm. the time so the catamorta so this one i i obviously like to google quite a bit when i'm looking at an area and this one came up and it's part of the 1988 heritage trail network that they got some money for for the bicentennial and these trails are actually dotted throughout the state some of them are driving some of them are walking some of them don't exist anymore because there's no funding but the catamorta was one of the longer ones that piqued my interest because it was 27 k's from bickley reservoir to mundaring which great areas you can park a car at either one and the scenery in between is amazing and we just don't have one-way trails in perth which mm. i don't mind because it, it's annoying trying to put a car at each end and get going and finish everything in one day but this one was yeah quite special because i had not seen anyone do it before it had a gps file of someone who sort of roughly followed the trail and i use that as a guide but this was kind of trying to follow the original trail as is which was ended up being quite difficult and i don't think i got everything or the mm. original path in um it was an enjoyable day um there's a lot to see obviously starting at bickley reservoir you have the water the hills the jarrah forests when we went um, there was prescribed burns recently so there was lots of pinks and oranges and blacks throughout mm. the trail but in terms of locating it it's fairly easy because there are lots of four by four tracks that it uses and there are sections where the old trail markers do exist so it's just a matter of looking out for them and finding them um, mm. but do do refer to my website if you wanted the gpx file for it i can happily give it to you if you want to use that as a guide uh recommend the pickering brook general store they do a mean coffee there and a mean muffin and that's about 10 k's in just take the little side trail where you see the coffee sign yep uh, and then yeah obviously the mountain biking area that it utilizes around the dell and mount gungeon very difficult to locate the original trail so we just kind of did our own thing and ended up getting lost quite a bit but we we knew roughly where to go just follow the mundabidi and then from there it was a little bit naughty because it goes where the billman doesn't go around the golden lookout in mundaring weir this one dips into the uh the restricted area oh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> so the, you cross the billman it's got the big sign saying you know water catchment area do restricted do not cross here but it's on the other side of the dam so i'm not sure why it's a, a water catchment area Mm. anyway um the mundabidi does actually go down there right so it's obviously not an issue 
or a big issue anyway. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the prescribed 27-kilometer length, actually that finishes at Mundaringwee Hotel and you've still got another 7Ks to go to get to the end of the trail, which <laughs> was not a nice surprise at 4 in the afternoon and you've got another 7Ks of uphill to go. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, when you said 27, I thought, I'm sure it was longer than 27. It's about 34Ks we pegged it at. Yeah, I think if I was ever to do this trail again, I would just finish at the hotel and have a very nice meal and a drink <laughs> maybe a 10 on a plate maybe a 10 on a plate i'm not sure they do that we had pulled pork uh loaded fries oh, yeah. there on the weekend that was quite nice i know they do like a spit of lamb like, on, sundays, on sundays yeah get there and that's about the right time as well if you're coming from bickley reservoir and that first bit from bickley is uh is the same as the mason and bird isn't it it is it's a four by four track that yeah goes towards victoria reservoir mm. um just another, another interesting hike it's not not a great one but yeah <laughs> yeah i think um which maybe that's a nice segue i had a few sort of honorable mentions yeah like some trails and that the mason and bird is one that for some reason i don't know why it's not amazing but listen i have done that about five times mm. just because it's a it's a nice easy loop that well it's not easy because it's you know a lot of it's uphill yeah but it's it's a nice enough loop just because it's something that's not too long but it's challenging enough that we end up doing it a lot and there's the baby's grave on the the track there as well. is the pioneer baby yeah <laughs> which is a bit of a weird kind of creepy thing but yeah, it's, it's interesting it's, it's, a look. <laughs> it's a marker <laughs> yeah do you have any other do you have some that oh. are like oh quite not quite there but a lot of the national park ones for me are kind of it's nice to have them but they're just not there like a kidna trail like you mentioned before mm. like there's a challenging hill and you go near the the avon river and it's all all nice and pretty but there's a lot of it that just is just walking there's not mm. not a whole lot to it and the same with the ghost house trail yancham national park's one of those weird ones where it's not wa is has koalas in it which aren't native yeah there's a lake there with a pub and a it's just I don't know. It's a, it's a very family-oriented place, which is not a bad thing, mm. but the walks could be improved, I would say. Yeah. I think that with the Kidna Trail, one of the things that I always find a bit disappointing is that you get to Woodsum Hill and there's the lookout there, but you can't get up to the lookout. And yeah. if they just built, like, on the Bibbleman track on Mount Wells, they have a fire lookout tower, and you can't mm. go all the way, but at least they've tried to make a halfway tower so yeah. that you can have a look. Yeah. And something like that would have been nice because you feels like you're going all the way up to the top. And it, I quite like that area there near Woodsome Hill because there's often kangaroos and sometimes some escape goats from the you know, the people <laughs> next door. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it feels like it's taking you to these things and then it's gone, oh, nah, we're not going to give you the full experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that to me is, is why I agree that Echidna Trail sort of, it's, it's almost there, but it's not quite... Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, comparing it to Numbat Trail is it needs to utilize more of what's there or provide like an interesting point every kilometer or two that you kind of not just, oh, yeah, here's some forest or here's a left turn. It's mm. there's something there that's holding your interest rather than what you're listening to. Yeah, I think another one for me that is, is sort of almost there, but not quite is the Pierce Gully Loop, which is is now divided into two walks in the Shire of Kalamunda. They have, um, you did it, the mm, one of the, the Rocky, Rocky Pool. Pool yeah. And then there's the other one that, that's, I think it, they named it after the name of the road or something. 
basically the Pierce Gully does like the full square sort of diamond around it yeah and the rocky pool goes from one car park and then cuts across the bibbleman because bibbleman kind of cuts through the middle like a diamond yeah um and the pierce gully loop was an old one from a a depot well you know it was a department of calm book from like the 90s yeah and it's this sort of this loop that you can do through the hills and i really enjoy it in a lot of ways because of the valley views but for me, the reason why it's not there is that it's all on four-wheel drive tracks, which is not, not ideal, really. Mm. Um, but it does have the rocky pool along it, which is really quite nice. While we're on the subject of old trails, uh, I may receive some hate mail and death threats from this, but I have to talk about Patton's Brook walk trail that was in <laughs> Mundaring Weir. Uh, this was a walk trail. It's now no longer there. Well, the trail markers are no longer there. Um, I sent an email to Depor asking why is there a big lime plantation in a water catchment area? And they responded with, you shouldn't be walking there. We'll go take these trail markers down. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the trail had existed for quite a while. I've got a, a guidebook to walks in Perth and it appears in there. It had very nice trail markers. They were white with a, a green kind of gum leaf on there. And it, it followed the Billman for a little bit from the Perth Hills Discovery Centre and then looped back down near Lake Seaway O'Connor through the pine plantation, which I thought was a bit weird to have there. But anyway, um, I apologise that that walk no longer <laughs> exists. It is still on my website uh, just for reference purposes, but... Yeah, thank you, Depor, for uh, ripping that one down. Even though it had existed for 10-plus years, literally 100 metres down the road from where their Perth Hills office is, and they didn't bother to know about it or check it. So, <laughs> it's not quite the response you expect of, oh, this is, you know, and then, yeah. oh, we're going to, oh, we forgot to pull that one out. <laughs> yeah, so it shows where their priority is. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, another another pod will talk about that. Yep. And um, I guess maybe one last question would be if there's any areas in Perth that you think maybe something that could be built that's that's not there yet? Uh, there is, but it'll no longer be available. Uh, Wangong, I thought, had potential when I visited to mm -hmm. have an amazing series of trails in there, and it eventually will. They just won't be hiking trails. They'll be mountain biking trails because that will be a new hub that they're going to build um, as part of this oh, new, right. um, yeah, developing the mountain bike scene in, in WA, which is long overdue. And I agree, there's not a lot of mountain biking trails um, to cope with the demand. But one area that is untouched at the moment that could use with some walking trails is Avon Valley National Park. Yeah. It's a large area and you Google anything to do with walks there and there's just nothing comes up. Mm. Um, so yeah, if, deep or are listening get us involved we'll, we'll go and create some nice yeah. trails for you <laughs> um, the only thing that i've heard about that area is they used to use it for explosives yes we which... did um peace be still yeah their walk there and there's big warning signs saying unexploded on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that might be add a little danger element to it. <laughs> but then people do off track walking oh, there yeah, yeah all the time yeah um I just think there's there's so much potential. It doesn't need to be like it has to be mountain biking or bridle or walking trails, whatever. It's just it's such a low impact activity, and it is spoiled quite a bit in Perth by Watercorp and their 
insistence that no one ever goes into uh, the water catchment areas. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Where would you like to see? Develop? I was I was thinking Wangong. I wasn't aware there was a cycle thing going through there because we we just did a bit of the the walk GPS Wangong walk the other yeah. day, and we're gonna head back out to do. Well, we're gonna try and do the whole thing this time in one one go. Mm. And um, it's been a bit burnt over the last summer. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's amazing. You know, it really is fantastic up there. And surely they can put a walk trail in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, there's already a walk trail going through the gorge, which people take their dogs through. Yes. Um, it's kind of, yeah, a big local secret. But the hills are either side are amazing. And there's, yeah, the water flow from Wangong Brook that goes through there is just, yeah. Yeah, it deserves to have a better trail network than what's already there for sure and I think that that's probably a good point to leave it at today if you want to follow Real Trail Talk we have a Facebook and an Instagram account give us a follow share some pictures we'll definitely be sharing heaps with you guys and thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks with episode three